And it's Bible study time. It's Bible study time. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to be with you. Good to come together one more time in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ under the banner of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am so excited to be alive. So excited to be a part of the kingdom of God. I appreciate all of God's goodness, His mercy, His kindness love so much. God has been really, truly good to all of us. And we have another opportunity to come together tonight and to magnify the name of the Lord, to pray together, to lift up his name together, to be able to receive his word. And we're going to ask that God will open our hearts, open our minds to understand and to receive his word tonight. We have a few things that we need to pray about, and so I want to notify you of them, and we can get right into praying and asking God to bless our Bible study tonight, and also for the prayer request that we will make known unto Him. I just got a call from Miss um, Joy, Sister Joy, Brother Chuby's wife, and she told me that Brother Chuby's um, sons uh, took him to the hospital, to the emergency room, as a matter of fact, he's just arriving now um, to the emergency room. They picked him up from work, and they took him to Capitol Health, and so he is on his way to the emergency room. We need to pray for him. Um, we need to pray and ask God to touch his body. We need to pray and ask God to touch his mind. We need to pray and ask God to heal him because... Um, I knew something was different with Brother Chuby the other day. We were communicating by text, and the text just wasn't clear. And so I just called him direct and said, what are you trying to say? And so just getting off the phone with his wife, she told me that um, this is more of um, slur speech, uh, missteps. And so it's, 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 his motor is not working the way it is supposed to work. So we need to pray for him about that. Um, also, we need to pray for Miss Joy's sister, um, Sister Ugama. Um, she had some symptoms, but not necessarily anything that's um, overbearing. There, there's not much there, but she's just doing what she needs to do and take all the precautions. Sister Joy is a nurse, and so she knows what to tell her sister to do. And, what needs to be done, and so um, we need to pray for Sister Ugama. So pray for Brother Chuby, pray for Sister Ugama. Um, the other night when our leadership was on um, our Zoom call, we talked about Brother Kellyman's uncle. We need to pray for him and ask God to touch him in a special way. The Phillips, Brother Phillips' mother, we need to pray for God to touch her in a special way. And so uh, those things are very important, and we need to pray for all of our essential workers and first responders, and of course, those that are uh, in the healthcare professionals. So we've got a little bit to pray for there tonight, but I believe it's right that we go before the Lord, and we be Christ-centered and not self-centered, and bring these petitions uh, unto the Lord, and let's see what the Lord will do in the lives of everyone that we will call out tonight 
and also um, for those that we're praying for that we may not know some we know but some we may not know because we want to see the Lord does something great and pray that God will help us tonight in Bible study amen we need some help from the Lord tonight in Bible study and so I want you to pray about that for, with me as well so without further ado let's pray let's ask God to move in a special way in a miraculous way and just touch and heal like we have asked him to father in the name of jesus lord we're so honored we're so privileged to be a part of your kingdom to be oh god counted as a part of the number the family of god the body of christ we're grateful lord god we don't take it lightly that you gave us this wonderful opportunity lord god to enter in and do the kingdom of god Father, we're glad to be together one more time. We're glad, Almighty God, to pray together in touching and agreeing and making our petitions known unto you, Lord God. Lord Jesus, we want nothing to prevent or hinder us, Lord God, from, from having the right communion with you, from being able, Lord God, to connect with you, for, for being able to have right fellowship with you. And so, Lord, we ask that you will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and purge us from all iniquities and wash us by the washing of the word that we may be clean, that we may be cleansed. Lord Jesus, I pray tonight, Lord God, that the Spirit of the Lord will move upon us and in us in a special and powerful way. For God, we want our prayers to be heard in heaven. We want our petitions to be known unto you and for you to grant them tonight, Lord. Father, we come to you tonight asking that you will touch our dear brother, Brother Chuby, Lord God, that you will touch him from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet. And Lord, whatever the sickness, whatever the ailment, Lord God, I pray that you will intervene and eradicate the sickness and eradicate the ailment in his body, Lord God, and that you will make him, oh God, absolutely whole, that you will heal him miraculously, Lord God, that he will receive strength, his motor, Lord God, will begin to operate, Lord God, as it is intended to operate. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you will move on Brother Chuby tonight, Lord God, and that miraculously he will be healed. We pray for Sister Ogama, Lord God, that you will touch her body, that you will eradicate viruses, eradicate sickness and disease. And I pray for wholeness and healing to take place in her body, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. Let her be encouraged, Lord God. I pray the joy of the Lord upon her right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, that, Lord, you will strengthen her, you will touch her, and that you will quicken by the power of the Holy Spirit spirit that you will be made whole by your strength, Lord God. I pray, Lord Jesus, for Brother Kellyman's uncle, Lord God, that the spirit of the Lord, the power of healing, will come upon him and be in his body, Lord God, and that by your strife he will be made whole. By your strife he will be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Touch him, Lord God, in a mighty way. Move on him, O God, that he may be healed. O God, we pray to 
night that he will be made whole from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, oh God, for Mrs. Phillips, Lord God, Brother Phillips's mom. I pray, Lord God, that you will touch her mind and her mind will be sound. That, Lord, you will touch her body and her body will be whole. Her body will be strengthened. Her body will be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord God, that you'll lift her and that you will strengthen her and that you'll make her whole and that you will heal her, Lord God, in a miraculous way in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for making them whole. We thank you for touching them in a special way. And for the, the Page family, Lord God, I pray, Lord, that you will comfort them in this time of loss. I pray, Lord God, that you will guide and lead the Page family. Reveal yourself to them that they can turn to you for comfort, that they can turn to you for guidance. I pray your blessings upon them in the name of Jesus Christ. And now, Lord, I pray that you will move upon us in this Bible study tonight, that you will open our eyes to see, give us understanding and illumination of your word tonight, Lord God. Teach us and instruct us, Lord, that we may do your will, that we may draw nigh unto thee, that, Lord God, we can be who you call us to be, and, Lord, we will be prepared for your return, prepared, Lord God, to meet you, Lord. I pray tonight that the power of your Spirit will move upon us, the power of your Spirit will break chains, destroy yokes of bondage, and set captives free. I pray that the power of God will move upon us, Lord, where we are even now, Lord Jesus, and that God, there will be a move of your Spirit that will strengthen, that will restore, that will make whole, that will give guidance, that will help us, Lord God. We want to walk in right relationship and right fellowship with you. We need your help tonight, Lord. Will you speak to us where we are tonight, Lord? Will you direct us in a divine way tonight, Lord? Hear our cry, will you, Lord? Speak to us tonight, Lord. Will you help us tonight, will you, Lord? In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Lord, will you hear our cry tonight? Will you hear our petitions tonight? Will you grant them according to your will, Lord God? For you are everything to us. Lord, all that we need, all that we want, oh God, is in you. And we call on your name. We praise your name. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Jesus, you are great and greatly to be praised. Jesus, you are the amazing, true and living God. And we give you honor tonight. Thank you for this privilege an opportunity to come together and all God share in the word of God. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise and honor for these things we pray in Jesus' name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We appreciate you. Well, we're going back to our final lesson 
regarding Noah. So tonight, we're going to talk about living in covenant, finding favor with God. We've been talking about finding favor with God in different ways for the past three weeks. Tonight is our fourth week talking about finding favor, and we talk about the different ways how you can find favor with God. And so tonight, we're going to talk about finding favor by living in covenant and this will be our final lesson. We've taken all of our lessons from just Genesis chapter 6, and now we're up to Genesis chapter 9, and we kind of stay within those texts and just kind of go through them, look at them carefully, and understand some things that have transpired during that time that today can help us. That still is the principles of God from way back then that we're still dealing with today. And so we're going to get into it tonight again and see what the Lord will say to us about finding favor with him by living in covenant. Somebody say amen. Amen. And so the lesson, big idea tonight will help us to understand that God gives favor to those who live in covenant with him. Right. And so we're going to start our uh, reading tonight in Genesis chapter 9. Genesis Chapter 9, we're going to start in verse number 9. <laughs> Genesis chapter 9, we're going to begin reading in verse number 9, and we'll read 9 through 11. 9 through 11. Again, so good to be with you all. I'm so always looking forward when we can uh, come together for Bible study, for church, for prayer, and even on Wednesday night when our leadership does our Zoom um, I always look forward to just connecting with all of you, and um, I, I'm just so grateful that God has brought us all together and uh, made us a family. Amen. This is a wonderful church that we're a part of, and Christ is the central focus of our, our, our church, and so it's a wonderful thing. So let's get into the Word, Genesis chapter 9, verse 9. The Word of the Lord says, And I, this is the Lord speaking here, and I, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you and with every living creature that is with you of the fowl, of the cattle, and of every beast of the earth with you from all that go out of the ark to every beast of the earth. Verse 11. And I will establish my covenant with you Neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood. Neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. Somebody say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank he you, said he will never destroy this earth by flooding it like he did back in Noah's days. And so we don't have to worry about when it rains really hard. Our world is not going to be destroyed because of rain. Have we suffered loss over the years and years because of heavy rain? Sure. But the world will not be destroyed. Two different things. Uh, a world being destroyed and just having heavy rain that impacted some lives. Two different things. But God made us that promise. When Noah and his family stepped off the ark, it was the beginning of something new. The world looked very different. 
God had reset humanity by destroying a wicked and evil world. The family's emotion, Noah's family, the family's emotion were likely a mixture of excitement and fear. I could put myself there, just stepping off that ark and, and, and seeing a world that you've never seen before. And you're excited because you made it through the destruction, but you're looking around and realizing you're the only people that exist. My God. Starting over after a move to a new location is difficult enough. But this was at an incomparable level in starting over. Everything had to restart. Mm -hmm. There were no housing, no cultivated lands for crops, and no one else to help them. The to-do list was overwhelming. Yet, Scripture tells us, Noah's first action was to worship God and offer a sacrifice. Right. Let me just pause there for a second. Church, Noah and his family came off the ark. They're experiencing something they've never experienced. They're seeing something that they've never seen. Fear gripped them and realized the power of God. Excitement was flowing, realizing all the possibilities. And so they knew that there was a lot going on. The to-do list was amazing, extensive. And they had a lot to do. But the first thing they did notice when they stepped off that ark was just to stop and worship and present a sacrifice unto God. It's a lesson there to be learned. And I want to tell you tonight, when you don't know what to do, when you don't know where to go, when you don't know the things that you need to begin to think of and how you can begin to, to, to get things done, I want you to stop and say, I don't know what to do right away. I don't know how to get this thing started. I don't know how to move this along. But what I do know how to do is lift my hands to the hills from which cometh my help. And I need to just worship the Lord and say, God, I don't know, but you know. I don't understand, but you understand. I don't know where to go, but you know where to go. And so, God, I stop right now at this moment, and I will do nothing but to worship you and offer myself a sacrifice and offer myself to you and say, God, not my will, but thy will. It is you, Lord God, that's all powerful. It is you, Almighty God, that's the creative one. And so there's nothing that I know how to do except you tell me, except you show me. And somebody need to hear me tonight when we don't know what to do, when we don't know where to turn, when we don't understand, when we don't know how to perceive certain things, we don't need to worry. We just need to stop and worship Jesus. We just need to stop and just let him know how much we love him and adore him and appreciate him.
appreciate him. Come on, somebody. Worship is important. Let the Lord know how you feel about him. It's important. Appreciate God for all that he's done. It's important. We don't have the answers, but he does. And worship will put us in the right position with him. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Noah had such a strong relationship with God that his first act in this new world was directed towards God and not towards his own desires or his own needs. This demonstrated a great principle. When we are faced with something new and do not know where to begin, we must start by talking with God. Amen. Come on. The good news about Noah's circumstance was that he did not have to face these challenges alone. When Noah offered a sacrifice, God established a new covenant which represented a new start on life. The frustrations and grief of a society continually bent towards evil was now behind Noah and his family could build towards a brighter future. This covenant was more than a legal contract. It was an agreement built on the committed relationship between God and his people. When God establishes a new covenant or when he established a new covenant with Noah he was also making a commitment that he would not abandon Noah come on somebody God says this covenant that I make with you is a lot that's involved in the covenant but one thing for sure you must know I will not abandon you Noah and we too can understand if we enter the covenant with God he will not abandon us right come on God would not leave or forsake his people is that, that statement is repeated throughout all the New Testament in Deuteronomy 31 and 6 it said it's it stated there in Hebrews 13 and 5 it's stated there as well because God will not abandon his people who enter into covenant with him the good news for us is that we do not have to face life's challenges alone although we live in a world barred by sin and though our our hearts are vexed by the wickedness around us We do not live without hope. Church, we have hope in Jesus Christ. If you know who Jesus is, you realize our hope. I am so comfortable and and knowing that our hope is just an anchor. I don't have to worry about anything. We have hope in Jesus. And we need to celebrate that every time we get down, every time we face challenges, every time we don't know what to do, we need to know, I've got a hope, and my hope is Jesus Christ. My hope is anchored in Him. When we hear the good news, which is the gospel, and then turn toward God, repentance, and when we are obedient to the command to wash our sins away, baptism, God shows us his favor by coming to dwell in us, by the infilling 
of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Come on. Today, the gospel allows us to enter a special relationship, a new covenant with God that is sealed with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. Once we receive the gift, God does not just walk with us, but He takes residence inside our hearts. Just as Noah left the ark and entered a new world, the new birth allows us to enter a new life in Christ. Oh, glory. Come on. Look at this, church. When Noah came through the flood, I can mess with you a little bit. When he came through the flood, baptism. That's right. <laughs> Come on, preach that. Noah getting through that flood that destroyed the world was a symbolism of baptism. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so he came through the flood, baptism. He entered a new life. When he got off that ark, just think about it. When he got off the ark, He was starting over. It was something brand new. Oh, you hearing me tonight? When Noah got off that ark, it was a new world. It was like getting a new lease on life. It was new birth that will just, just, just happen to him. He was getting ready to start everything over. When we are born again, we start over. We enter a new life. We get a new start on life. Our former behavior, our lifestyle choices, our sinful actions, our evil desires, all of these are washed away as we find redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ. This fresh start is an incredible gift and our lives become so radically different that scripture describes us as a new creature in Christ. Come on and preach. There's something there. I don't know about you. I'm getting excited thinking about what Noah experienced when he stepped off the ark. And what we experience when we are born again. Oh my God. It's the same kind of thing. Just look at it carefully. When Noah stepped off the ark, it was a new lease on life. It was like something brand new. He'd get another chance. And for us who are born again, we enter a life with Christ. We get to start over. Our slate is wiped clean. And we get to start a new life in Christ. What? Of great blessing and privilege. In Second Corinthians, verse chapter five, verse seventeen, the word of the Lord says, "Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. All things have become new to Noah. And today, if we're born again." Of the water and of the spirit, we become new creatures in Christ, and all things become new. Verse 18 says, And all things are of God, who had reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and had given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Amen. Mm. In Ephesians chapter 4, Verse 23 and 24 in the NLT version, the word of the Lord says, 
Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. When we become born again and we take on Christ through baptism, we're supposed to take on His nature. And so we need to allow the Holy Spirit to transform us and to change us. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. That's Colossians 3 and 10 NLT version. Not only did this new covenant allow Noah's family a fresh start, but another blessing was that God's covenant with Noah was for all generations to come. It wasn't just for Noah and his family. It was for all generations to come. The promise to never destroy the earth with water started with Noah, but it extends to everyone for the rest of humanity's story. When God establishes a covenant, it blesses successive generations. After Noah's after Noah, God established a covenant with Abraham, promising to make him the father of nations and that his descendants would inherit this blessed land. After the exodus from Egypt, God established a covenant with Moses and the children of Israel, promising to make them a special people, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Generations later, once David became the king of Israel, God enacted a covenant that an heir of David will rule forever. Later, even when Israel was backslidden and facing God's judgment through captivity, God once again established a new covenant that would put his instructions deep within their hearts rather than on tablets of stone, Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. Hmm. The final covenant, the new covenant, is something everyone can take part in. You, me, our children, our neighbor, everyone can take part in this new covenant. Unlike the law of Moses that was literally inscribed on stones, God now offers us the chance to have his law placed deep within us, written on our hearts. Through the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the good news is that the new covenant is now in effect because of Jesus. And like the other covenants in the Bible, its blessings extend to coming generation. Peter declared on the day of Pentecost that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was for everyone and those even in the future. That includes us today. In Acts chapter 2 verse 38, the scripture says, very popular scriptures, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse 39, for the promise is unto you, and is unto your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord thy God, our God, shall call. 
While we enjoy the blessings of the new covenant through the Holy Spirit, we must recognize that this gift comes with an obligation. Come on. This gift comes with an obligation because covenants requires commitment. Yes. Somebody need to say that. Covenants require commitment. And so if we're going to enter into a covenant with Almighty God, we got to realize there's a commitment that we're going to have to uphold because we're in covenant with Him. He's also upholding His commitment. And so we must uphold our commitment as well because we're in covenant. And covenant is an agreement by two people. God agreed to what He will do and God expects us to do what we agreed to do. Somebody say amen. Amen. Amen, amen. Noah, Abraham, Moses, and David all had something in common that precipitated their covenants and blessings. A committed relationship with God. When the kingdom of Israel and Judah rebelled and God promised a new covenant, it still was enacted, it still was not enacted until the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 when the crowd repented of their sins and made a new commitment to their Savior Jesus Christ. Likewise, when we commit our lives to God, we can experience the favor that accompanies a Christian walk. And just like the other biblical covenants, God's blessings extended to our children. Amen. You know, sometimes you're walking with God and it gets challenging. Sometimes you become weary and you just feel like, man, God, this is such a challenge. But when you think about your children. Come on, you're not lying. You know, we say, oh, I love my child. Oh, I'd do anything for my child. Well, let me tell you, church, you can't do nothing better for your child to show your love to them than be an example before them in your Christian walk in Christ, right. in leading them to Christ, in showing them Amen. how to live for Christ. If you love your kids, the best thing you yeah. can ever give them, the best thing that you can ever show them is how to be faithful and how to be committed to the Almighty God, Jesus Christ. Show them how to live right. Show them how to walk right and talk right. That's how we're going to show them love like nothing else or love like no other way we can show them. Showing them how to live for Christ. Yes, Lord. To enter in or to initiate the covenant, there is a ceremonial requirement for Noah. His ceremonial requirement was worship. Somebody say worship. Worship. For Abraham, it was circumcision. Somebody say circumcision. Circumcision. But for us today, it is baptism. Somebody say baptism. baptism. Amen. Throughout the Bible, the Lord initiated covenant relationships. This relationship is assured by God's integrity, truthfulness, uprightness, and guaranteed by His name. 
this guarantee by his name is wonderful since his name is the stamp of approval for petitions and prayers we make unto him. This is why baptism in his name, the name of Jesus, is essential. If we're going to initiate the covenant of entering into this relationship with Christ to experience the down payment of what God is going to give us, we need to realize that we must enter the covenant by invoking his name in over us through baptism. So in order to enter into the covenant, in order to have a covenanted relationship with God, we must do so by entering into baptism with his name being invoked over our life and we enter that covenant. Come on. Come on. As we live a life separated from a corrupt world, our children are spared much of the pain and consequences of our previous sinful choices. Our children have the blessings of God's peace and presence in their lives and the opportunity to know God for themselves at an early age. Our commitment to God perpetuate, perpetuate His favor toward the next generation. If we keep living right, we'll affect generations upon generations. Covenants are meant to last a long time. It is often easier to forget an agreement for us, not God, because God don't forget anything. He doesn't have memory lapse. It is often easier to forget an agreement than we want to admit. So remember, symbols help keep commitment at the forefront of our minds. For Noah, the rainbow was a visible reminder that God would never again destroy the world by water. This symbol was present in the sky after a rainy day and was a comfort to Noah's family. In the new covenant, the one that if we enter in through baptism, the new covenant, in the new covenant, God has also given a sign of his commitment. What is that sign? That sign is the Holy Ghost. Amen. Come this on. new covenant that we're in offers us the incredible chance to commune with God on a personal level. Somebody say a personal, Come level. On, on a personal level. Today we all can be led by the prompting of the Holy Spirit dwelling inside us and experience his presence at any time in any location. This is why we can still have powerful church as we're doing it through live feeds on Facebook and YouTube and on the website. This is why we can have powerful church services because the Holy Spirit is present in you. The Holy Spirit is present in you. The Holy Spirit is present in you. The Holy Spirit is present in, Spirit is present in me. And then the Holy Spirit is present everywhere for those that don't have him on the inside. He's still present. All we got to do is call on him and say, Jesus, will you overshadow me with your presence? His presence is everywhere. God has drawn near to us and his presence is as close as our worship. His voice as responses as responsive as our next prayer. 
This commitment by God to dwell in us is just the beginning of the promises He has in store for us. What an awesome God we serve, church. The Holy Ghost living in us works as a reminder of God's new covenant and acts as a seal or, if you will, a down payment of these future promises. My friend, Brother Brian Norman, likes to talk about the Holy Ghost being a down payment. Here's a scripture for it. 2 Corinthians 1.22 Who had also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. So God, He is so good to us. When we enter into covenant with Him, when we, when we say, okay, God, we will enter into covenant with You, God fills us with His Spirit as a down payment to let us know some things that are in store, some things that will come our way. He is making sure we understand. Here's a little something, something for you, but I got a whole lot more in store for you because I'm a God that keeps my promises. I'm a God that will keep my commitments. And if you will keep your commitment, oh, I will show you all the things that I have in store for you. We got to keep the commitments that we say we're going to keep for God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Just as God gave Noah the rainbow as a physical symbol of that covenant, He has also given us a physical symbol of the Spirit. The the Spirit's infilling that accompanies the new covenant. Speaking in tongues. Since the Holy Spirit is not physical, what serves as the universal sign that a whole, that, that an individual has received this gift is the seal for God's future promises. Right. It is the ability to speak in a previously unlearned language, what the scripture referred to as speaking in tongues. Understand this. God gave Noah a sign. That sign is a rainbow that you can physically look up and see. You can see a rainbow. But God's spirit you can't see. We always say, I can feel it, but I can't see it. I can feel God, but I can't see Him. And so that's not physical. But what God has done just to keep us to understand that it's Him that's working. He says, you can't see the infilling of the Holy Spirit, but you can hear and you can see someone speaking tongues. That's the physical evidence that I kept my promise, giving you the gift of the Holy Ghost. You can't see the Spirit, but you certainly can see someone speaking with tongues. And so speaking with tongues is not the Holy Ghost, but it is what you can see. It is what is tangible for you to know. Someone has the down payment, the Holy Ghost. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Oh, my Lord. Lord. God is so good. Yes, Jesus. I love him. I appreciate him so much. Hallelujah. The experience of speaking in tongues has accompanied the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Tongues serve as a confirmation to the believer who has just received the Spirit and as a sign to the unbeliever who witnesses someone receiving the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Speaking in tongues is not the gift of the Holy Spirit, and it should not be the goal of those seeking to enter into this new covenant with God. Tongues is the sign, the clearly recognizable symbol that the Holy Spirit now lives inside a person. Another way we can reinforce our covenant with God and continually remind ourselves of His promises is through the power of our shared testimony. Our testimony of what God has done in our life is so powerful. We have to share that. We have to talk about what God has done in our life. As a matter of fact, sometimes you need to remind yourself of what God has done in your life in order to be encouraged. Whether you're going through struggles right now with sickness, whether you're going through financial difficulties, Whatever it is that you're going through right now, you need to just remind yourself of some powerful things that God has done in your life before. And so you can understand that God is still doing powerful things in people's lives and he will do it in your life again. These things encourage you. When we proclaim what God has done for us and where he has brought us from, it accomplishes several things. First, It reminds us of God's faithfulness. Somebody say God's faithfulness. God is faithful. As we recall God's many times of intervention, provision, comfort, healing, and rescue, it puts in front of us His undeniable track record of faithfulness. God has a track record that says He's faithful and we need to hold on to that no matter what's going on in our lives. No matter how doom and gloom it may look, no matter how it seems like things will not work out, you got to hold on to knowing that God is faithful. He has been faithful to you. He has shown you faithfulness over the years and He will continue to do so. Don't go by what things look like. Go by who God is and what God has done. That's what will carry you through. Not by the circumstances that you're looking at right now, but what you know about God is what will carry you through. Oh, God, I give you praise tonight. Oh, God, I thank you because, Lord, you've revealed so much to us in our lives. And now we know, Lord God, no matter what, you are faithful. You are faithful. Hallelujah. The second thing sharing our testimony accomplishes is that it encourages our brothers and sisters during during difficult times in their lives. While our experiences with God are unique to our circumstances, the way in which He responds to us are not unique. The principles of God do not change. Remember, I tell you that all the time. God's principles never change. He might use different methods to get his will done, but the principle behind the thing that he's doing will never change. His provision, his protection, his salvation, his kindness, his grace, his mercy, and love extends to everyone. Hearing how God has shown up just in time for someone else reminds us that if God has done it before, He will do it again. (laughs) If God has done it before, He will do it again because He is a faithful God. Amen. We should never stop telling our story because we do not know who it is that our story will encourage. 
finally sharing our testimony serves as a witness of the hope that lies within us to others who do not know Jesus as we do. That's important. Amen. When you share your testimony, people cannot deny what God has done in your life. They can say whatever they want about anything. But when you tell them what God has done in your life, they cannot deny it. And so you as a believer, you as one that is in covenant with Almighty God, Jesus Christ, you need to share with others that aren't saved what God has done for you. They can't deny it. And so it's an awesome way of Helping people to draw close to God. Helping people to, to get an interest in God. Because if you can tell them what He has done for you, all you have to say is, He can do it for you too. Because God is no respect of person and God loves everyone. Amen. Scripture calls us to be witnesses. And this is demonstrated in two ways. When others see our good deeds and when we talk about the hope within us. The easiest way to tell others about our hope is when we share our story and how God changed us. Has God changed anyone? Hallelujah. When I look back over my life and I think things over, I can truly say that I've been blessed. I've got a testimony. I got a testimony. The Lord has been good to me. Oh, God. Woo! He has set me free. I've got a testimony. And some of you do too. And you need to brag on what God has done for you. You're not bragging on yourself. You're bragging on God and what He's done for you. My Lord. As we reveal what God has done in our lives, our testimony bears witness to God's truth, mercy, and grace. Faith come by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Hearing the good news, the gospel. And this is never more personal than when our neighbors see the gospel lived out in our lives. If you want to introduce others to the new covenant, invite them into your story. How do we invite people into our story? By just living this life in Christ. By living this life that, that says, I'm going to be committed to God. I'm going to be faithful to God. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to have fellowship with God. I'm going to love God. And when you live that life as I just described, people will just look and wonder, who are you? Why are you like that? You didn't personally tell them, get in my life and look at my life. But you live that life for them to see it. Because God will open their eyes to see how you're living. God will open their eyes to understand understand who you are and when God opened their eyes to see they automatically get drawn into your story. We just need to live that gospel message in our life. Amen. Noah was a righteous man living in an unrighteous world. He was committed to God. He was obedient to God's commands. And he lived in covenant with his creator. For these reasons, God blessed Noah with his favor. We have the same opportunity to be blessed by God with God's favor. When we choose to live in righteousness, because that's what Noah did. 
when we choose to live a committed life to God, right. when we choose to live a life of obedience to God, and when we choose to live in a covenant relationship with God, God shows us favor. Amen. Somebody say favor. favor. I know we like to think that we... We, 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 you know, I'm blessed and highly favored, and we like to repeat that because we've heard that. But I'm telling you, some of the things that 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 we've experienced is just overflow, and it's really not the favor of God like oh. Noah experienced. I want to experience the favor of God like Noah experienced the favor of God. And Noah's blueprint for him experiencing the favor of God was being righteous, was being committed, was being obedient, and living in the covenanted relationship with God. That's how Noah obtained great favor. And I want the kind of favor Noah had. I want great favor from God. I just don't want spillover. I just don't want trinkets. I want great favor of God in Jesus name Hallelujah. this favor is not only for this present world but it will also extend into the world to come the favor of God when we abide forever with Jesus we will spend eternity in the new Jerusalem living in covenant we will experience the great, great favor of God like Noah did. Church, I can't state it enough. You're probably going to get tired of hearing me saying it. And that is, I can't think of any better time, especially in the past 50 years, in our lifetime, that is a better time to commit our life to Jesus Christ and to live for him, to be committed to him, to be righteous, mm -hmm. to be holy, right. to be faithful, to serve him with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul. I can't think of a better time. I feel like this hour that we're living in is a favorable time. We might look at it as probably the worst of times because of what we're going through. But I will say, if your eyes go on Jesus, it very well may be the best of time. Even though it don't look like it with the naked eye. The naked eye and, and all the physical things in our world say it, it's the worst of times. But I believe God has extended great grace to us. He has allowed us to have this opportunity to be able to focus on Him. To draw nigh unto Him. And church, I'm telling you, we must get strong now. Because the day is coming when this world is going to try to get back to normal. And if you don't have a sustainable relationship with God now, when this world get back to its normalcy, you're going to be like mostly everybody and just get loose like you've never been because you've been so trapped, so to speak, in your house. You're going to think, oh, freedom! And you're just going to be so wild and loose and crazy running back out there doing all kind of crazy things. Why? Because you felt like you were trapped in the house. 
cross. But if you get a bona fide relationship with God, if you get a committed relationship with God, if you get a relationship where you're obedient and you're faithful to Him and you're going to be righteous and you're going to be holy and you're going to be loving, if you get a relationship like that, then when the floodgates open and we try to get back to normal, you'll be able to say, that's not for me. I'm with Christ. I'm going to be holy. I'm going to be righteous. I'm going to live a favorable, faithful life unto God. Church, this is our hour. This is our time. We need to tell our families. We need to tell our friends. We need to tell our neighbors. We need to tell those that we work with and those that we go to school with. We need to tell them this is the best of times because we can look to Jesus and Jesus can do something in our life and we won't have a whole lot of distractions as he work in the background of our lives as he transforms us by his spirit. This is the best of time to get focused, to get locked in, to just settle yourself in Christ and be ready and be equipped to deal with anything that will come. Oh God, this is our time. Church, this is our time. You need to know this is our time. This is the time that we can get closer to him. This is the time where we can help somebody to know who he is. Lord, we love you. Hallelujah. This is our time, church. It's just down in my soul telling me this is our time. Yes, Lord. And I got to pray for those that are ignoring this time. I got to pray for those. We got to pray for those that are not taking full advantage of this time. The truth. Because I'm concerned that if we can't take full advantage of this time, what other time? Will we take full advantage? Because when the last trump sounds, it's going to be too late. I know we want to think, oh, I might have a little bit of time to get my life together. But it doesn't work like that. We have to get it together now. And when the last trump sound, it's going to be too late. Now is the time that we should get our life right with Christ, prepare ourselves, get insulated, get strong in Christ, that when we go back to normal, we will have a sustainable relationship to take us through all temptation, to take us through all even, all worldliness, because God will be so rich in our life that we will not be able, we will not get trapped and fall into the things that we once did because we had gotten strengthened and insulated with the power from on high. I love you church. I thank God for the privilege to serve you. Thank God for the opportunity to be a part of the kingdom of God. I'm so grateful to him. I, I, I just want you to be encouraged and know that we're living for us Christians. We're living in some great times to draw close, to draw nigh unto God. Take care of your family. Please take care of your family. Don't go out unless you have to go and get food and get necessary things and do social distancing the best you can. Wear your mask. Do everything that you need to do to keep yourself right and make sure you're not getting sick. I want you to do everything that's right that you need to do and we will stay healthy and strong our families will stay healthy and strong amen love your family Uh, enjoy them Uh, another opportunity that 
we need to talk about, and that is we know we wouldn't spend as much time at home with our families if it wasn't for this situation. And so you can get a chance to spend so much more time with your loved one, enjoy it, understand it's a great blessing, and forget about the negative things. And remember I told you, don't watch TV a whole lot because they never come on with anything positive. I'm still waiting for them to come on with the news to say how many people have been sick, have been sick by the corona, have received the coronavirus, but have overcome it and are doing well. I'm still waiting for someone to start their news cycle that way if they haven't. So be careful about what you listen to. Just trust God in this hour. Live for God in this hour. Encourage somebody else to live for God in this hour. Be a witness for Christ in this hour. Share our podcast. Share all of our live streams with uh, folks. Maybe you were one that was shy and you didn't really, you weren't comfortable in how you can be a witness. Now all you got to do is share the, 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 the teachings, the preachings. Just share them. And you never can tell. You might say in your mind, oh, they're not going to listen. Share it anyhow. You pray for them and then share it. And you never know what can come out of it. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and we're going to pray in this missile. Hallelujah. You know I don't want to dismiss it. Whenever we get together and connect, I, I, I never want to stop because I just enjoy interacting. Believe me, when I'm here and I'm ministering, trust me, I make it like I'm interacting with you. It's not just preaching to me. I feel like I'm interacting with our entire body of congregation. And so... I enjoy it, and I like being with you. I love being with you, and I enjoy you so very much. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for keep on being faithful in this hour and in this time. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you tonight for your word. We thank you for this opportunity, Lord God, that we're able to come together still, worshiping you, praising you, partaking your word, being able, Lord God, to just just be connected to the body of believers and being connected to you. Ah, oh my God. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that the word that we receive tonight will take root. It will grow and produce good fruit. And that, Lord God, we certainly will be doers of your word and not hearers only. I pray that you'll bless and keep each and every family. And for all the prayers that we've mentioned, Lord God, all the petitions that we've made known unto you, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will let it be so. For we pray what we believe is your will and not our will. Father, I pray that as you dismiss this service, that you will continue to keep us, let your hand be upon us, and we will continue to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everyone say amen. Amen. Don't forget, uh, Saturday, 6.30, prayer. Join us then at 6.30 for prayer. We will be live, and then Sunday morning at 10.30. Invite somebody to join in Sunday morning, and even prayer Saturday evening. God bless you. Love you much. Talk to you soon.